What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Clocks on the stove. This is going to be a two-part episode. We're going to first start off with uh, college football week one, everything that happened in week one. Uh, talk about week two. Talk about the AP, the AP poll coming out. And then we're going to go into the UFC 279 that's happening this weekend. Uh, Nate Diaz versus hopefully Kamzat Jamayev. We don't know yet. We'll get into that. Um, but, yeah, we're going to start off first with our picks. From last week for college football week one. First of all, I just want to say uh, Zach and I are 23 and nine overall with our record so far with our picks, which is, I think, pretty spectacular. Uh, if I had to say so myself. Our first pick of last week, we picked Central Michigan hitting the what was what was the spread? Um, uh, I believe it was a 14 and a half cover. 21 and a half. 21 and a half. Oh, yeah. with, oh against Oklahoma State. They covered. Oklahoma State yes. won 58 to 44, but which is kind of insane because they were destroying them at one point. And yeah. then Central Michigan put 22 up in the fourth. Yeah. Uh, kind of one of the, as Scott Mem Pelt would call it, uh, bad beats um, at the end of your week. You know, you think you have your bet covered. You're just kind of like putting it to the side, thinking that's in the bag. And then, you know, Mike Gundy led teams just really don't know how to step on people's throats i guess um just can't really close it out you know you bring in the subs a little too early not really caring thinking you're up by too much but um sorry for the fans at home that uh, bet them to cover because that sure as hell didn't work out for them well but, it worked out if you listen to clocks on the stove mm, yeah line but uh rolling into the next game um i have to say i'm disappointed in myself for not uh, recognizing this as a rivalry sooner, but then again, you know, usually rivalries play uh, every year, and I'm pretty sure this went on like a what six year gap, eleven year gap. Oh, sorry, an eleven year gap for a quote unquote rivalry between um, Pittsburgh Panthers and the West Virginia Mountaineers. You know, we had the old backyard brawl taking place um, out there, and let me tell West you, it was fans. I'm sorry, West Virginia fans were saying uh, it's our state versus your neighborhood because Pittsburgh's a city. Ah, ah, nice. yes. Well, um, well, uh, Mountaineer Nation, uh, let's ride our way to this fat L. How about that? JT Daniels ain't doing shit for you. Is he? <sighs> Yo, um, honestly, though, the game, I don't know if you watched it, Zach. The game was really, I, it was a really good game. And oh, as yeah. much as I like to shit on JT Daniels, the dude played great. The game, the game was 31 31, then a pick six for uh, Pittsburgh to win it in the, late in the fourth. I believe there's about four minutes left. But the pick six wasn't JT Daniels' fault. It hit his receiver right in the hands. Yeah, went through his hands and then it pick six it. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, one of the things that kind of stood out to me that game is uh, Keaton Slavis just wasn't really who I thought he was at the beginning. He ended up finishing the game with I believe three hundred eight passing yards. But yeah, um, one touchdown though. But yeah, only one touchdown. I mean, he was just I thought he was really going to do a lot more um, for that Pittsburgh offense. But I mean, hey. It is what it is. It is also week one, so a lot of things, you know, aren't what they appear to be right out of the gate. You know, some teams start start slow and other teams start real hot. And um, that's not to say um, either of these teams won't finish um, any better later in the season. You know, I have high expectations for Pitt. You know, it's kind of hard when you lost Jordan Addison um, to USC, I believe, mm -hmm. and you also lost Kenny Pickett to the draft. I mean, those are two. And you're often um, coordinated in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, that might have been a favor for them because considering how he called his game. Yeah. Um, 
You know, it must have been his fault, too, considering Scott Frost over there, like, oh, my offensive staff's got to do a better yeah, job. My, no. my OC, the one ACC offensive coordinator of the year, is awful, man. Yeah, got get out of here. But, um, yeah, honestly, great way to start things off. Yeah, um, great opening games. game. Like, it was kind of like the first big game. Yeah, one of our picks that wasn't in there, but I feel the need to add, um, we had FIU having to uh, take Bryant into uh, OT. Um, I don't even know where the hell Bryant is. So, um, FIU, you are dog, dog water, as they would should say. Have so, lost, um, dude. They're so yeah, should have, yeah, they should have lost too. But anyway, moving forward, we had another great game with Penn State and Purdue. Yeah, we got back to back great games on Thursday. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we had some bangers to open things up. Um, I believe we had Penn State with the spread minus three yeah, and a half. We did. And let me tell you. That pick was <laughs> <laughs> I was not I remember when uh I remember when the game started, we were me and Grace were texting back and forth, and I was like, dude, I do not know about how our picks are going. Dude, and, like, and in the pod, in the pod, I was like, yo, I kind of want to grab Purdue. Like it's just like it's a Purdue ass game. And you and Caleb yeah. were like, nah, dude, nah, nah. And then the whole game, I'm texting Caleb and Zach. I'm like, Fuck you guys. I knew we should have picked Purdue, like blah, blah. And then fucking Penn State pulls it out of their ass, bro. By the way, yeah. Purdue has no two-minute offense at all. It was atrocious. Their hurry-up yeah. was atrocious. They they also didn't have a two-minute defense either because they made <laughs> – I don't even remember. They I made Sean Clifford look like a, look like a yes. fucking Heisman in the last drive. Yeah, like the whole game, I was just saying, like, bro, Penn State, just please put in your backup. Like, it'll give you a chance. And then suddenly Sean Clifford was like, I am Tom Brady for this yeah. last minute and 58. By the way, huge shout-out to the Purdue guy for having a 72-yard pick return and then puking his guts out yeah, on the five Yeah, the puke six, yeah. Yeah, the puke six. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love that. But did that game also have a – oh, no. I was thinking back to the pick game with the pick six to seal it. But, yeah, two huge pick sixes in those games. Um, that really kind of great, like you said, it was an unbelievable way to start the college football season. Yeah, and I mean, this is all taking place on Thursday night. Like yeah. this was literally like this isn't even the official Saturday. You know, this is week zero. Um, just incredible. Moving on from there, um, I believe that rounded out things for the Thursday night games. Mm-hmm. At least what we had our picks on Friday. Friday, we so shout out real quick. I'm sorry. Before we do a pick, I do want to give a special shout out to the Old Dominion Monarchs. For beating Virginia Tech on Friday night, twenty to seventeen, they did. Uh, one of the things I'll point out about that game: the leading passer of that game only had one hundred and ninety-seven yards. <laughs> they couldn't hey, even shout out the my boy Ste- Stefano Feliciano playing linebacker at ODU. Oh yeah, making things count, beating you know a solid ACC program, or at least you know notoriety wise, had a solid reputation. But, Zach, yes. do you want to start us off with our, our first pick of Friday was Illinois covering the spread against Indiana? Ah, uh, yes. So, unfortunately, we this was a break bread game. You know, we didn't lose any money on this. We also didn't win any money, unfortunately, with the plus three. Um, I thought Illinois had it the entire time. Um, they're they running back. For it? Didn't they get stuffed at fourth and goal, on, like fourth and one? I believe so. I, I believe so. I think they should have won the game. Yeah, they should have won. And then – um, yeah, I just didn't think Indiana really had it with losing, um, Phoenix jr. Um, I was really shocked that game. Um, you know, I believe cam camper is like leading, uh, the nation in yards after contact on the ground for Illinois. I think the run game is super potent. Um, 
I thought they were going to come out hot, and they did. Campers, uh, uh, Indiana. Oh, Campers, Indiana. Sorry. Um, I forget the Illinois leading rusher, but he's, he's like leading in yards after contact. He was impossible to bring down. Um, he was fun to watch. Yeah, he had 200 um, yards that game for 36 touches. That's crazy. Yeah. Am I looking at the wrong – what was his name? Uh, Brown. Chase Brown, right? Yes. Yeah. Chase Brown. Sorry, I was looking at the receiving leader. Uh, Cam Campers, the – damn, he had 156 receiving yards for Indiana. So they were just tearing him up through the air, I guess. But, um, yes, unfortunately, Illinois couldn't cover or couldn't get it done. But, you know, we broke even. Didn't lose any money on those bets. Didn't win any money either. It was either, super you know? frustrating because it was, my, it was like, my birthday. And we were all out at the bars. And I'm. it's like everyone's partying. And, like, me, Zach, and Caleb were just standing there watching the end of the Illinois game. We're like, bro, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. They're like, dude, it is Friday night and you are watching Illinois and Indiana. What are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, shut up, shut up. I don't, I don't really care about that yeah. right now. I'm like, I have a lot, I have a lot riding on this game. But um, the my biggest failure of a pick, I'll take full responsibility for this. I thought Colorado was gonna cover. And the reason why I said this was Colorado's schedule is not necessarily easy this year, and TCU was one of their easiest opponents. And I don't ever expect a team to go winless. But if they were going to win a game, this was going to be the game to do it, and they got blown out of the water. Yeah, we, me and Caleb definitely were going to rock with TCU, but Zach just – Zach's got away with words, man. Zach's got away with words. I mean, you think about it, you know, you're a coach on a hot seat. You haven't really been performing that well. You know, you would think going into the season, you know, you're going to have your guys prepared, you know, locked in. Like, this is my year. Like, I'm not losing my job. And then you roll out against – At home, uh, too. At home. Yeah. You have a bunch of Texas Christians rolling up into your campus and then laying the beat down on you. I mean, dude, Texas Christian already has enough distractions at itself. They got the most beautiful women strobing their campus. You took them up to Colorado with anything they wanted to do, and then they whooped you as well. So, um, you know, I, I don't really know. I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of that game. I was too busy stuck on the Illinois game. Um, so I can't really tell you if TCU was just really that good or if Colorado just sucks that bad. But um, if I were to put my money on it, I'm going to guess Colorado sucks that bad. Uh, but, yeah, that rounded out the Friday games. Before we go into that- our, our next pick, some honorable shout-outs, NC State-East Carolina noon game. Talk about football, dude. That game was electric. Uh, number 13, NC State pulled it out 21-20. to 20. ECU starting kicker misses the game-tying PAT. They get a chance back. Not only that. They get the chance oh, yeah, back yeah. with the ball. Misses the game-winning field goal. ECU should have won this game. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. If you put me in that situation, I may not show up to school. I may not e- I may not even show up in the city. Like, you may have to file a missing persons report. I don't know. Um, I would have a very hard time recovering from that. And let me tell you, ECU fans are not kind. Mm-hmm. They are kind of they are kind of psychopaths for every sport. They love – you know, for a school that isn't really that good at any sports, they love – No, their baseball's all- gross. Their baseball's gross. Yeah, their baseball is pretty good. But, um, you know, from, like, national championship perspectives, like, they don't really have, like, a ton of trophies in their trophy case, mm-hmm. but their fans still love them. So they had that I'll one season love. in football with Shane Carden where they were really good. Okay, five, six Shane years ago. Carden. Remember that? Dane Carden. Wow. I haven't heard <laughs> that name in forever. Holy shit. But yeah, that uh, was a great game. East, ECU should have won. Really makes you feel skeptical on NC State this year, who was coming in as the number two behind Clemson for the ACC. So yeah. it's like, hmm. Uh, the yeah. other honorable mention I want to give real quick Iowa versus South Dakota State. Iowa won seven to three. And you're like, oh, that's nice. That's awesome. They got a touchdown. No, 
They got no. a field goal and two safeties. <laughs> Iowa hasn't even scored a touchdown yet, and they're starting quarterback. Petrus or whatever his name is. I was just looking at this. Their starting quarterback, Petrus, went 11 for 25 with 109 yards and an interception. And yeah, I, minus 25 rushing yards. Dude, I saw a tweet. It was and like he fumbled Spencer, the ball. Yeah, I saw a tweet that was like, Spencer Petrus might be the greatest college quarterback to throw the ball seven yards shy of the sticks every time. Like, that man was so bad. Yeah, that and game I, is – and like, like, Dane, we love you, man. You know, I texted you to bust your balls after the game, but, like – there's no like I understand having a rough opening game, but like that's not even like you can't even be like oh we had the jitters or like you know we were getting the rust off like that's an FCS school who just lost their starting quarterback so you should have pummeled them. Yeah, and um, wow, that that was ugly. Um, let me tell you, but let's get into the Saturday matchups. You know, we started off. I mean, these aren't the games listed on the ESPN website aren't really in chronological order, but um, we'll just kind of go through them as it they was, appear. Uh, North Carolina App State was our next pick. We picked App okay. State winning, and we picked the over 56. Well, the over slammed because it was 63 to 61. I mean, yeah, you could have just picked one team to hit the over yeah. on that one. But uh, but um, App State lost, and, dude, that might have been the best game of the weekend. App State yeah. goes up 21-7. Then they go down, what, like 42 to 21? Come yeah. back and tie it at 49, and then it's just a shootout the rest of the game. And then they go yeah. for two. Right, I'm not mistaken. Oh, go, yeah, what, what go for two. They they went for two, didn't get it. Kicked an onside kick. The guy ran it back. So now they're down by eight with with uh, thirty seconds left or twenty four seconds left, something like that. They drive down the field, score again, and then missed the two point conversion again. But didn't didn't the second one? It hit him in the hands and he dropped it. Um. Oh, oh no no! I, I think that was the that. first one, and the second one he overthrew a wide open receiver. No, the first one was he overthrew the wide open receiver. What killed me was they had the perfect play call set up, and the running back literally ran the flat, and the linebacker kind of bit down. But all he had to do was just set his feet, give it a little air, and it was a mess up on both parts. You know, the quarterback kind of overthrew it, but you have a running back that's backpedaling to the ball when he should have just like Been committed, stride, yeah, yeah, committed to running out, catching it in stride. But you know, you had a little mishap, and then your second two point conversion attempt, you run the same play. Like, you already got fooled by once. I doubt they'll get fooled again. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. You know how, you know how it goes. Can't put but the blame on you. Exactly. Shout out Jermaine Cole. Um, one of the things I wanted to point out about this game, terrible broadcast journalism done. Or, um, sorry, color commentating, excuse me, done by the announcers in this game. When UNC ran that kickback, uh, the onside kickback, to take the lead by seven, and the extra point would have been eight, the announcer's sitting there saying, and with this extra point, this will seal the deal. I'm like, dude. Yeah, uh, you know, he said, he said it's now a two-score game. Yeah, it's now a two-score two game. This game, it'll seal the deal. I'm like, dude, what fucking world is eight points game over? Yeah. Please let me know. I would love to know. And I was like, maybe if you were to set it from a clock, from a clock management side of things, you know, 30 seconds left, it's not realistic. But to say yeah. the game's over, like, come on. And then they two-score, to say the words two-score. Yeah. And then – as App State is driving down the field to tie the game, we had a 20, I think it was a 20-plus yard completion on an out route where the receiver ran out of bounds, and he's screaming in the booth, why aren't they hurrying up to the line to get ready to clock the ball? Like, once these chains get set, like, the clock's going to start rolling. I'm like, dude, he caught the ball and went out of bounds under his own accord. I would understand if it was a 
mishap and he got shoved backwards out of bounds because then the clock wouldn't stop. The clock wouldn't stop in that case. But no, this man went out of bounds to his own accord and it was a first down and you're over there screaming like, oh my God, they're going to start the clock. Like, what, what are they taking their time for? Like, dude, have people in the booth that know how to call football games and know have what us. they're watching. Have us. Hire us. We'll, we'll get it right. Yes. And I, I I promise I'll know everyone's name on the roster and I sure as hell will know the rules to a college football game. You know, I know the difference between NFL and college, you know, one foot inbounds, clock stops after a first down, that type of stuff. But I mean, geez, it, w- it was giving me pain in my heart knowing someone had my dream job and they still weren't doing it to the best of the, to the best of their ability. But uh, that was my rant for the day. Moving on from there. Uh, what, what was our next pick after that? Our worst pick of the weekend, Oregon covering the spread. We had Oregon plus 17. Yeah. And uh, they lost 49 to three to Georgia. Yeah. Um, and Bo Nix oh. threw two picks in the first 18 minutes of the game. Yeah. Bo Nix um, not only threw two interceptions that were like great defensive plays, he literally threw it at a receiver that had four guys standing between him and the receiver. So I really don't know what is wrong with that kid. Um, his just decision-making is piss poor, if we're being honest. And, well, um, and uh, apologies to Stetson Bennett, because we all trashed you on the last pod, and you went 25 for 31 with 368 yards, two tutties, and a rushing touchdown. So, yeah, you opened a can of whoop-ass on yeah, your haters. Yeah, I'm very, very, very sorry about shitting on you, Stetson. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, he uh he definitely showed out, but um that Georgia defense, by the way, is terrifying. Yeah, it's scary. I also and, think um, Bo Nix is just dog water. Yes, but um you could have put um Tim Tebow, prime Tim Tebow back in there and he would he would have cried to Jesus. Like 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 that that uh thirty minutes for the rest of your live speech when you're down by a uh, forty five would not have worked no, in uh, no. that scenario. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> oh, and that, yeah. Oh. But uh, our next game, yeah. So, fuck Oregon. Fuck Pac-12. Um, Pac-12. That makes the Pac-12 look so bad. If you thought that game made the Pac-12 look bad, just wait until we get to our next Pac-12 game. Which, by the way, I tried to give some defense to the Gators. I tried even a little bit, but um, we we caught our. Hey, I don't know if this is the next game that we picked. I don't know if we have some. Uh, in between. No, we got two more. We got two more. Okay, we got. Cincinnati, number 23, Cincinnati, losing 24 to 31 to number 19, Arkansas. Only takeaways I got from Arkansas is legit as hell. They're a good team. We hit it. We said Arkansas minus six. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I'd like to say is, as I'm a big Luke Fickle fan, as we said, and I like I like Cincinnati. I like what they're doing over there. Luke Fickle is a two-time high school state champ wrestler. So, yep. for a team that has the amount of injuries they have right now and the amount of talent they lost to the next level, they did not look bad. For a rebuilding team, they lost to a very good Arkansas team by a touchdown. They didn't yeah. look bad. They really didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things I pointed out was um, Cincinnati still has their O-line there, which is honestly a power five contender. You know, I think they'll always be able to compete with those teams. And I think Fickle's a quality coach with his play calling. Um, and I think he trusts his coordinators to get things done on both sides of the ball. But obviously, when you're going up against an SEC school during a rebuild, especially a ranked SEC opponent, um, it's just hard. It's just hard to, you know, compete that long and stay with it. Um, you know, Arkansas kind of did what I thought they would, just kind of abuse it on the ground. Um, 
keep things there. But when you lose your arguably best corner in school history and your best quarterback in school history, and you're still able to make it that close of a game week one, um, hey, shout out to you. We'll be riding with you with plenty of other picks along the way. I wish them nothing but success. Um, I'm pretty sure Cincinnati and Oregon were the only two teams to drop out of the top 25, I believe. But I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them back in there. Um, oh, sooner make, rather, yeah, I think they'll make their way back. They looked good, dude. They looked good. But yeah, the next game was extremely shocking. Number 24, Houston beat UTSA at UTSA 37 to 35 and triple overtime. Yeah. Uh, we had the Houston with the minus four um, to cover. Houston unfortunately didn't cover, although they did win, though. So, you know, it was another little 50 50 game we had there. Yeah, you know, if you would have took money line, you would have won. Hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. And in this case, we kind of split it down the middle on that pick. Um, Yo, I don't know yeah. if you know this. The UTSA quarterback, his name is Frank, yeah, Frank Harris. Harris. Dude, yeah. he balled out 28 for 43, 337 yards, three touchdowns, and then 63 yards on the ground with a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, that was – that was a great game. I wish I would have watched more of that. Yeah, Obviously, I, didn't, I didn't see any of it, honestly, which I'm kind of upset about. I mean, dude, there were so many good games. We had, you know, we released our watching schedule, what we would be watching throughout the weekend. So, you know, we stuck by that. Uh, we weren't going to switch up from that because, especially for our fans, we're never going to tell you to watch one thing and then switch to the other. But that's also the beauty about college football. You know, you could literally have a non power five or two teams that aren't ranked in the top 25 and they could put on a game of the year contender. You know, that's just how the sport is. Um, these are teams that love the game of football. They both love the game of football, and they're both out there to compete their hearts out. These are kids competing for scholarships, competing for starting spots, you know, competing to win, to become, you know, cemented in their school's lore forever. So, you know, there's always something on the line in every game, whether or not it has bowl implications or rivalry implications. Um, you put that aside, it's still football at the end of the day. So no matter what you tune into, you might find something you enjoy. So um, I'm really glad that that game came out a banger. You know, we didn't win the bet, but we did win as fans for that game, um, for those that tuned into that. So happy to see was competing or competitive, excuse me. And um, I think Houston will bounce back even better next week. I, I didn't think they were at their best, you know, triple overtime game. Obviously, the score was probably in the 20s heading into overtime. So I expect our offense to even open up the door even more than that. Well, we'll be talking and, uh, about Houston again shortly as they have a, a must-watch game coming up. But the yeah. game that Zach really wanted to talk about, <clears throat> number seven, Utah, losing to unranked Florida, 26 to 29 at the Yeah, let me, let, let, me, let me tell you something. Um, it is the most packed 12 thing in the world to be ranked in the top 10, only to immediately remove yourself of any playoff contention week one. And not only doing that, you also made my worst nightmare come true by having a not even that good Florida Florida team suddenly become a top 15 ranked team in the country for some reason. Um, you know, I did I think they deserve to be ranked? Like, yeah, sure, you beat a top 10 team. But to uh, jump that much in the rankings for one win, which you should have lost, to be honest, because uh, Utah honestly shot themselves in the foot the entire damn game. Your quarterback didn't even – throw for any touchdowns he's a glorified running back that just happens to have an arm uh no disrespect ar-15 uh you are nasty i did say you would open this game up on the ground but um i'm still not gonna respect you as a school matt mcdonald go fuck yourself uh you talked shit all weekend i said i was gonna give you some respect on the pod psych screw that 
uh, get out of my mentions. Dude, my phone, my phone Saturday night and Sunday just blown up by all my UF friends because they listened to the pod and they were like, yeah. hey, fuck yourself. And I was yeah. like, um, but like they should have lost. You have, a Heisman, lost. you have a Heisman candidate quarterback and Cam Rising drives you all the way down. It's first and goal with thir- 29 seconds left. No timeouts, 29 seconds left. Why the fuck are you throwing the ball on the first play? You can yeah. run, you can you can run it down the middle, hurry up, spike. It's third down. You have one more shot, doesn't work, you kick a field goal. Why are you, Dude, you rushing? He threw it in a double. Even have it wasn't even like it was like it wasn't even like damn the DB made a great play. Dude, he threw it in double coverage right in the middle of the fucking field. He didn't even like look, he was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna force it. Yeah. I will I will say though, um one of the coolest things I've ever seen is on that two point conversion attempt from Florida. Um uh, Anthony Richardson had a 360 jump throw. Yeah, yeah. Jump throw 360 pump fake while stiff arming Utah defender. And I was like, holy shit, I've never seen that in my life. But um, yeah, Florida fans, go ahead and ride that high. Um, I'm sure it'll last long. I'm sure. Um, you know, I honestly I think they gave him that 12 ranking just for when they play their first um fellow ranked SEC opponent. It'll just be that much sweeter watching them get. You know, That's what we'll talk about mind. in about five minutes. Yes. Um, yeah, just, oh, my God. That Ooh. left the worst taste in my mouth. Our next pick was Ohio State, and then we also took Notre Dame plus 17.5. Plus 17. Both hit. Um, so, my thing on this game was very boring game. Very boring game. Notre yeah, Dame was exactly up 10 to 7. Like Notre Dame was up 10 to 7 the whole game, and they shit the bed at the end. Um, and this is what I don't understand. Ohio State's not getting shit on for this game. And I don't know why. They they were a 17-and-a-half favorite, okay, over a Notre Dame team with a first-year starting quarterback. And they yeah. won by 11. My thing is, everyone, everything I've seen with, with, with media and, and videos is like, dude, they're like, yeah, their offense started off slow. They always start off slow, but their defense. Look how good their defense played. Only 10 points, their defense. Bro, fuck that. They should have ran up the scoreboard. They yeah. underperformed. They underperformed. And, yes, did their defense look better than normal? Absolutely. They also played a fucking awful offense. But to yeah. just to act like they played amazing, they didn't at all. They they were projected to win by more. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things I'll point about this game, and it happened exactly as I said, and it makes me that much more mad. Uh, Notre Dame was going to be winning the game going into halftime, like I said, and then Ohio State was just going to, you know, shut down the defense and be able to put up just enough points or wake up a little just to uh, take the lead and put the game away. Um, you know, that's extremely frustrating to watch, especially as someone who enjoys Ohio State football, because, you know, you're supposed to be competing for championships at the end of the year and you're not you're not stepping on the throats of teams that you should. You know, I thought. Notre Dame was overrated to begin with. I thought their ranking was really undeserved and they were way too high. Um, and, you know, it it played out exactly as I thought it would. And then the rankings were exactly what I thought, you know, because because Notre Dame didn't uh, get beat by what they were projected to lose by, uh, we'll only put them at eighth in the rankings. Dude, they don't play anyone the rest of the year. So now they're just going to cruise by as a top 10 team. And, it, dude, if the rest of the top seven teams above them end up losing some games, they're going to find their way back in the college playoff again. And for what reason? They can't compete with any of those teams. They line up against Georgia or Alabama. They're fucked. They're, they're fucked. They're mocked. They're mocked. And you know what? You know what? I hope – you know what? Screw it. I hope they do make it as a four seed and Georgia's one just so Georgia can go out there 
and absolutely dismantle them worse than we've ever seen in our lives. I think I think Notre Dame with the new 12-man, 12 12-team 12 playoff coming out, I think they're going to be the most consistent playoff team ever because they're just going to sneak in from 10 to 12 every fucking season. They have to join a conference, though. They can't yeah, sneak by as independent. Yeah, they're going to have to. Yeah. They're going to have to. And, and I guarantee you, and I swear to God, if they end up joining some of no, I think they would join the ACC. I think that would just be mo- the most realistic for them. What What is the AC gonna, ACC going to be in the next two, three years? Clemson's going to leave. Florida State's going to leave. What What are they going to commit? They're, oh, 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 you get to line up against Mac Brown's UNC team. Mac oh. Brown won't be there in two to three years. Yeah, I'll probably be in the ground, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That, that by natural causes, not because the fans came for his throat. I promise. I promise. Oh, fuck. Uh, All right. Next game. Game of the week by a mile. Florida State 24, LSU 23. Holy shit. What a fucking game. And Florida State, knows. It's, it's the first time in a long time where we don't have to be embarrassed being Florida State fans. Okay. Oh, my God. First of all. Now listen. Sorry, real quick. 24-23 does not do this game justice. Florida State completely dominated the game and just let LSU keep coming back. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're up the whole game. Then they punt it 24-23. No, no, 24-17, they punt it. LSU guy drops the punt. First play on the goal line, they do a pitch. Why the fuck are you pitching the ball? Just, just run it. Just hand it off. Even a field goal is GG's. Yeah. LSU ends up getting the fumble, driving all the way. Shout out Jaden Daniels, by the way, because Zach and Nick would not stop talking shit about him. Me, before. I didn't. I was the one defending him. Nick was the one railing him. I'm like, dude, he's still a blue chip prospect. Dude, he's, he's still, still good. He just played exactly. a good team. Yeah, I was the one saying like, Nick, why are you on his ass? He's like, nah, 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 not not quality college product. Like, this is terrible. This dude, is unbelievable. Yeah, no, fuck Nick. Jaden Daniels drives them all the way down the field and scores on Florida State. And then they get the fucking PAT blocked. Block at the bayou. Zero baby. seconds left. Zero seconds. It's the only play left in the game to go to OT, and it gets fucking blocked. And Florida State wins 24-23. We're 2-0 for the first time in a long fucking time. Mike Norvell's got Florida State back, baby. And we can't lose yeah. this week because it's a bye week. Only way we can possibly lose the bye week is if someone gets suspended partying at pots or recess, which, by the way, great environments. But please, Florida State players, I swear to God, if you get caught out at pots or recess, I will personally drive to Tallahassee and ground you myself. Dude, um, two things I'd like to nice say. It's nice to be a Florida State fan right now, man. Yes. Two things I'd like to say. Um, or maybe three. Number one. UF, you beat a Pac-12 school. We actually beat an SEC school. In and, their home state. Um, in their home in their home state. In their home state. And um, big fuck you to Brian Kelly. You sold out from Notre Dame. And you, the only person you brought over was your special teams coordinator who ended up – by the way, Florida State got zero points off of two muff punts inside – Inside the red zone. No, and didn't we block two? We blocked a field goal earlier in the game, also. We blocked yes, yes. Right. So special teams was balling out for us. Yeah. Um, we, we just got a little greedy um on the special team side. You know, we ended up going for it on fourth down the first time. They I'm all the for that though. I'm all for that. All, was it was early in the that. game. It was early in the game. It was a tone setter. Um, you know, kicking a field goal really doesn't do much anyway. Like, who cares? Um, Norvell wanted to be aggressive, he wanted to step on some throats, which is what I love to see. Um, but you know, later in the game, that's just 
not the right time to do that. You know, you put a little Scott Frost there thinking, uh, oh, let's just kick a little onside kick right here, you know? Yeah. Um, didn't really work out. Um, but the last thing I'll say is Florida State rolling out their new uh, white unis with the white helmets. Beautiful. That's how you win the bye week. Roll out some beautiful unis. But, you know, there were some comments that I read which spoke true to heart, and it was, I don't care if you played in your practice uniforms. Just win. Yeah. That's all I want to see. So Florida State, keep things rolling. I would have liked to seen them ranked because this may be the only time we could have been ranked. I understand why we weren't. But, you know, if you're going to put UF 24 spots up in the rankings, you know, maybe add another Florida team in there, you know. But I'm fine with it. It's okay. Not going not gonna to be upset over it. And then and, our last uh, pick. Oh, sorry. You have your third thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say our last pick of the week, Monday night game. Well, exactly um, what we said. Clemson just – Clemson destroyed Georgia Tech on on paper, the forty one to ten, but they looked awful. Terrible. Yeah, they did not look good at all. Yeah, DJ not Yeah, did not look good. Yeah. I still think Cade Lubbock's too too young to throw into the fire. Yeah, no, it, it is not looking good for um Clemson down there. I will say though, uh, Wade Wood as former Jesuit and former CDS boy. Um, didn't get a block punt as a true freshman. That's dope. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So shout out him. Big Tampa, A13 boy. We'll shout him out. Another thing I want to shout out um, from this past week's recap, because I ain't going to let it go by. You had your Mountain West Conference player of the week. You know, clocks on the stove's very own Bentley Sanders coming up with two interceptions, including a pick six. Also had a forced fumble, five tackles, two of them being tackles for loss. I mean, absolutely balling out. Um, you know, led Nevada to another win. Ended up being the second Nevada Mountain West player player of the week, uh, defensively at least. Um, dude, you know, I would say, I would have said last week, you know, it would have been my, um, what, did I, what have I been doing every week? Bowl saying prediction. my uh, bowl prediction, but you know, it can't be a bold prediction when it's expected, baby. You, we know what we're getting out of Bentley Sanders, and that's a goddamn playmaker. So yeah, shout sure. out, Bentley. Thanks for representing. You know, you make Tampa look good. Uh, keep doing your thing up there. Hey, and you, you show that always. short kings can also ball, baby. Always. 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 The short kings. He uh, should my, have four picks. He yeah. should have four picks. But he's still leading the NCAA with three. He'll take it. Only going to add more. Um, but yeah, big shout out to him. Didn't I, uh, want to let that go. So you love that shout out. My special shout out is uh, going to be to Marquise Coleman playing for the Troy, uh, Troy Spartans, Troy. What are they? Troy. Troy. Yeah, what is Troy? There's something with a sword, I think. They are a sword. Troy. Um, they're the Troy. I have no idea what they are. Trojans. They are the Troy Trojans. Yeah. I don't you know. know it's just hard. When you that. think of when you when you think of Trojans, you think USC, unfortunately. Yeah. I um, was thinking condoms, actually. So that's why I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to say it. But um shout out Marquise Colvin, our boy. We we uh went to <laughs> high school with him. He got a pick on Jackson Dart in the Ole Miss game. So yeah, there's my special shout out of the week. But that's gonna re uh that's gonna wrap up last week. Let's dive into this week, which I think is a lot better football, personally, in my opinion. Yes. We got we got number one Alabama 
playing at Texas. Alabama comes in as a 20-point favorite. Texas over-under oh, – excuse me, the over-under of the game is 65-and-a-half. Zach, what are we thinking about this game? By the way, it's a noon kickoff game, a noon college game day game, which I'm a big fan of. You know, um, damn, it's really just going to be about whether or not Texas can put up enough points to even get to the over. Um, I'm not worried about Alabama. Alabama um, – by the way, Alabama last week um, was a very misleading 55 nothing victory over Utah State. I'm pretty sure Utah State last year only had, like, what, two losses? Yeah, they won the comp- – Utah State's good. They're a good team. Yeah, and Alabama just absolutely dog-walked Yeah, them. I mean, that, that was – that was insane. Yeah, that fifty-five um, to zero is a lot more impressive when you realize that Utah State was a little how good program. that yeah. yeah, yeah. It is not what you think it was. Like for most teams, that Utah State game is something that you um, that's not a tune-up game for Dude, most if teams. You put that Utah State game against Texas A and M, they might win. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. shit, you put it up against some of the teams that we saw play this week. Um, there are a lot of teams that would have struggled. You know, you know, I'm not not saying. Not saying UF would have lost to Utah State, but I'm, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying I'm it saying wouldn't it wouldn't have won fifty five to zero. Yeah, it wouldn't have been fifty five. I would have tuned in for it. You know, I would have been tuned in. Um, but yeah, you know what you're getting out of Alabama. Um, you know, I was just kind of going through the injury report for the most part um, before we started, and I believe the only player they had, yeah, they have four players. Um, they have Anderson out indefinitely, and then they have three more player two are one's probable one's questionable and one's out till mid-october um three of them being wide receivers but i really don't think it matters for bryce young um i like i'm taking bama and i'm taking the minus 20 you're taking the minus 20 as well yeah and you want to hear my bold prediction of the week what quinn iris has more interceptions than touchdowns this game wow that's grayson's bold pick of the week Wow. Um, I will say Texas has two wide receivers that are out indefinitely, one with a knee injury and one with a suspension. Um, and then they also have a O lineman out for the year with a knee injury, and they have a D lineman out till mid October with leg injury. So um not ideal going up against a Nick Saban led team. Um I also think Quinn Ayers is massively overrated. Um, I just don't, Texas will never be back. I'm going to constantly hate on them. Um, you know, I had to pay Florida their respects for winning. And then I got to disrespect them. Texas, I don't even have to respect because they haven't even done anything. And I don't think they will do anything. Yeah. I'll go with you. Um, I'll take the minus 20. Why yeah. not? I just don't, I don't see, I don't see, I see, I see Alabama putting 35 up in the first half. And I can't, I can't even see Texas, Texas putting 35 up in the game. Yeah, honestly. That's why I don't even know if it's going to get to the over because I just don't know if Texas is going to put up enough points. I can see Alabama putting 56 on them. Maybe. Dude, their defense is atrocious, dude. Atrocious. Yeah, that is true. Kansas put like 62 on them last year. Yeah, damn. Yeah, but uh, Um, yeah, let's rock with Alabama. Let's take Alabama minus 20. Fair enough. I like that. What's our next game? South Carolina versus number 16-ranked Arkansas. Arkansas is a minus 8.5 favorite. The over-under on this game is set at 53. Um, Let me tell you, Arkansas impressed me a lot uh, against Cincinnati, and I think Cincinnati would beat South Carolina, so I'm going to take Arkansas at the minus 8.5 mark. I don't – the 8.5 is what I'm a little – 
concerned about. I'm 100% taking Arkansas. Spencer Rattler sucks, dude. And I watched a video breakdown of him, and he's got all the tools. He's got a great arm. He he makes great throws like when they're easy, but he forces shit throws so many times. He forces way too much. He gets too cocky. He tries to play like seven on seven ball. And I think Arkansas is too legit. I think they're gonna kill him. I don't think he's I don't think he's dude. I, I vouched for him going into the season. I really thought he was gonna switch it up when he went to South Carolina, and I didn't see anything different when he played in their opening game. He had two bro, his opening game, his opening game, he had he had uh, what's it called? He went 23 for 37 with a touchdown and two picks against Georgia State. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm taking Arkansas minus eight and a half easily. Easily. I think I think Cincinnati would have an easy time against South Carolina, and I think Arkansas, since they already won. you taking the eight and a half? I'm taking the eight and a half. They beat Georgia State 35 to 14. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take the eight and a half. I'm like, I'm, I'm letting my balls hang this week. Hell yeah. Um. I'll tell you what I'm not taking in this next game, though, when we have App State rolling into Texas A&M. Um, yeah, Texas A&M, sixth-ranked team in the country. My dick, buddy. And uh, at minus 20, I don't know if you saw, but uh, App State put up a nice little 60-burger, even though they lost. So um, ain't no way in hell they lose my 20. I can promise you that. I agree. You know, you know. Last time I remember, we had a uh, App State as this much of underdogs. They went into uh, Michigan and ended up getting a big block and winning the game. Now that was way back when, not the same football team, but uh, that was back when App State was an FCS team. Yeah. You're looking at App State as an FBS team now, a solid they, FBS team, and they ain't taking no BS from Texas A&M, led by Mr. Jimbo Fisher. Um, yeah, I don't like it. Really, don't think much of Texas A&M. I think they'll always be like we talked about before, an eight and fourteen. That's just kind of the program that they Yo, run over there. Mind you, and mind you, Texas A&M only beat Sam Houston State 31-0, and it was like 17-0 for the longest time. Yeah. And App yeah. State is not Sam Houston State. Yeah. Only thing I'm worried about is App State's defense is highly suspect. Yeah, very suspect. Highly. But the quarterback, but all- Texas A&M off. is so ass. What's his name? I don't even know. Haynes King. Yeah, um, you know, anytime a person is named after an underwear brand, um, I don't trust you. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. App State, plus, App 20. State plus twenty. I don't think they're gonna win the game though, but they're gonna cover hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's plus no 20. way Texas a and beating them by twenty. Yeah. Um. Next, we got. This is a very interesting game, by the way. Yeah. This is a very, very interesting game. I don't really know which way to go with it. We got – oh, my bad. Just closed out. We got number 24, Tennessee, playing at number 17, Pitt. Tennessee coming in at a minus six. Uh, over-under set at 64 and a half. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me verify that it is an away game. It is. Or... It's a, it's a at Acrisier Stadium, Pittsburgh, PA. It's at it's at Pittsburgh. It's it, it's okay, at it Pitt. Okay, it is at Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, I'm taking Pitt plus six. Yeah, I, think, I like that a lot too. I, I'm gonna also ride Pitt plus six. I think Slavis wakes up a little bit more this week. I think that backyard brawl made things look a little closer. Um, I mm-hmm. think. I think the SEC just gets sucked off a little too hard by um, Caesar Sportsbook, and I'm not liking it. I'm going to kind of stay away from the over-under. I really don't know what to expect out of this game. I'm not too confident about any over-unders. 
Um, actually, what the hell? App State, Texas A&M, that is definitely going over 54. What are we talking about? Yeah, I know. I was about to say that, too. I didn't I didn't want yeah. to say anything, but I think it's going to go over 54. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is for sure going over 54, without a doubt. Um, so make sure to include that in any bets you make. But, yeah, we'll just ride with Pitt. Yeah, I don't want to touch the over under the Pitt-Tennessee game because I could see it being really low scoring and boring, but I could also see it being a fucking amazing shootout. Yeah, anytime there's two ranked teams playing against each other, like, I just don't really see a blowout. They're pretty place. equally matched, too, in my opinion. Yes. I think the experience um, of Slovis and I think it being at Pitt, because their, their stadium was popping on that Thursday night game, I think that's going to help them win that game. I really do. Yeah. I yes, so. I agree. I like that a lot. Now, the and, next game, the next oh, – I'm sorry, finish. Yeah, I was just going to say Pitt's defense, you know, um, didn't play their best, but they're only going to get better. I thought that was one of their strengths coming into the season. Um, I just I, – I didn't really get a chance to watch Tennessee that much, and nothing they did over the weekend really made me be like, oh, did you see what happened in the Tennessee game? Like, it just didn't – I mean, they beat really Ball State, for, what, 59 to 10? Like – Expected. Yeah. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Now, the next game, we got a little in Texas state rivalry game. Number 25, Houston, at number at unranked Texas Tech. Texas Tech coming in at a minus four over under set at 62 and a half. All right. So, first of all, regardless of the pick, the over is going to slam. Yeah. Over is going to slam. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, um, I'm going to rock with Houston plus four. I don't, I don't know why Texas Tech's getting so much hype, and they have a really good recruiting class right now too, which I don't understand either. Yeah. But they never do anything. Yeah, definitely Houston plus four. Um, you know the UTSA game. I just think it because again, um, wasn't isn't UTSA in Texas as well? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Or no, is that San Antonio? You know they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know another Texas game. It just happened to be close. Um, you know, some fans even consider it a rivalry game, and you know how rivalries go. It's always iffy, a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, there I'd consider it a rivalry game. I mean, I don't know why Houston's other rival is Rice. I mean, those games aren't even competitive. I think I think the way I see this game going is it's gonna be um Houston's gonna go, it's gonna be an electric environment, by the way. Because last time they played a couple years ago, it was a very electric environment. Um, I think Houston's gonna go in there. I think it's going to be a very close first half, and then I think Houston's just going to blow up the scoreboard in the second. I don't, I don't, I don't know why there's so much hype around Texas Tech right now. I think the Big 12 is overrated. I think Houston's better than almost every Big 12 team. Um, they're even yeah. joining the Big 12 pretty pretty soon. Uh, I I just I don't see I have no I, there's nothing about Texas Tech that makes me want to be like they're going to win this game. Yeah, I don't even know who their coaches, and I love Holgerson at at, at Houston. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. I don't really have much to say about this game either. I think Houston will kind of have more of a bounce back win. Um, I know they won last week, but I think they'll have even bigger bounce back um, this week. It'll look prettier. It'll be a prettier win. This game, this is going to be sad. This is, you know, we have our our must watch games. This is a don't watch game. Yeah. This is a, this is a, if you need to torture someone for the next three and a half hours um, on a Saturday, you force them to watch this game. And that'll be, Iowa State versus Iowa. Uh, this is a rivalry game, um, but based off what I saw last week from Iowa, and this this is what sucks because Iowa played probably the worst football game I've ever seen in my entire life against South Dakota. Um, they put up a fake seven points, you know, field goal, two safeties, defense had a carry. Um, their quarterback 
uh, Patron, Petrus, whatever That's you want to call him. He's probably yeah. off that Patron in that game. Yeah, facts. Um, dog shit. Um, and then Iowa State played amazing. But here's what's going to happen. Iowa State is going to go into this game. Um, and as a fan, you want to say Iowa State's going to win, but it's going to be the most Iowa thing ever when Iowa pulls off the win. It's just You got Iowa? Oh, dude, it, it, it's so obvious that Iowa State should win this game, and Iowa, Iowa is just going to find it's going to come down to like a fourth quarter drive where Iowa has Let's like take, eight look, minutes. Look, look, look. We'll take Iowa, but we're not touching the we're not touching the spread. Yeah, money line, money yeah, line we'll for sure, money line. And I'm yeah. I'm I'm also I don't know about you. I want to take under forty. Yes, yes. I, I, Iowa hasn't scored one touchdown, and that's terrifying because usually I would never touch a game, a college game where the over under was set at 40. forty. But dude. They're not going to – their defense is good as hell. They're going to shut down Iowa State, and their offense isn't going to score. I'm touching under 40. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you on that one. So I'll just make sure I mark that down. Next game, we have number 20 Kentucky versus the fake, fake number 12-ranked uh, University of Florida. Uh, Florida's at a minus 6.5. Dude, now what the hell are we thinking? Over just because fifty one and a half. I think Utah was overrated. Like, I truly think they were overrated and they I, shot themselves in the foot. I love I, Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. I like Kentucky Will Levis. Six and a half. I like fucking uh, – who's their head coach? I always forget his name. His dad was the Oklahoma coach. Um, I'm going to look it up and it's going to piss me off that I forgot it. Um, I'll just say this while you're looking that up. Um, I'm going to save myself the – Embarrassment. Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops. That's what it is. Mark Stoops. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save myself the embarrassment in the event that I end up being wrong again. Um. So I won't. I won't say anything about the Gators. But Dude, I'm it's, taking it's, Kentucky. I'm taking Kentucky. Some something doesn't feel right in my gut, and maybe it was the chili I ate earlier. I don't know. But something. There's no clear. way they go from they go from a six and seven team to beating Kentucky and and Ken, and Utah back to back. There's no way. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't want to touch the over under or the money line. I'll take Kentucky or excuse me or the spread. I'll take Kentucky money line. Yeah. No. Take oh, Kentucky. Dude, with, this, no, 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 no. Oh no. Yeah. Kentucky six plus six and a half. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. Sorry. I thought it was. I thought it was Kentucky minus six and a five. Minus six point five for a second. Yeah. Um scared the shit out of me there. Uh dude, if if Florida wins, it's gonna be the end of our podcast, though. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna have to let Mac McDonald on here. And oh. I'm gonna have to just I might I might just drive up to Florida wearing a um I hate oh. you up and just see what happens. Um wow. Yeah. I'm I'm scared for our personal Kentucky, Kentucky World Levis stoops. Guys, please, same clocks on the stove. Please. Please. If not, if we – I'm pretty sure – I'm pretty sure UF's won, like, the last, like, 15 matchups – like, 15 out of 17 yes. matchups with them. Yes. No, no, we're being very ignorant right now, like, uber <laughs> ignorant. However, I will say this. If UF ends up winning again, I this will become the biggest UF dick-riding account of all time. <laughs> Of all time, I will. I will have. No, if they if they spank Kentucky, they're legit as hell. They are legit. Oh, yeah. as hell. 
Oh yeah, and I will I will ride them into the sunset every game, covering every spread. Ever like I I I don't care. That'll be my payback to the University of Florida. Now but, the next the next game's kind of a uh, like weird trap game, like maybe number ten USC mm-hmm. uh, playing Stanford in a huge California rivalry game, huge Pac twelve rivalry game. USC is only coming in at a minus eight. You think it's going to I don't think so, dude. I can't see Stanford putting up that many points. Let me tell you why. U.S. Zach, there's no way. No, Zach, we're not touching that. We're not touching that. We're not touching that. The University of Southern California has 15 players on the injury report, and they have five DBs out. Dude, but Stanford can't score. Um, Elijah Higgins, by the way, will be scoring a touchdown in this game. You can put your – They wipes. throw him the ball, bro. They don't throw him the ball ever. They will, and he will be scoring. And if you want to talk about a trap game, it's going to be because it's high scoring because there are so many defensive players. Dude, I'm D. Jackson, questionable for Saturday, knee injury. Jaron Jackson Jr., DB, injury, undisclosed. You have uh, Odie, 41. DB, out. Branch, DB, out. Um, Allen, DB, knee, out. Like, bro, your whole team – Running Dude, back, listen to this kicker, D lineman, O lineman, linebacker, quarterback, tight. Like, dude, you dude, got listen problems. To this. Listen to this. Listen to this. USC's last five games, opening game this year, they won against Rice. Then lost to Cal, lost to BYU, lost to UCLA, lost to Arizona State. Stanford's last five beat Colgate, opening game, lost to Notre Dame, lost to Cal, lost to Oregon State, lost to Utah. I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to take it. I'm definitely taking USC uh, minus eight, though. Yeah, let's take, let's take USC minus eight and then the over. And I yeah. think if they feed Higgins, shout out Elijah, you're the boy. If they feed him, they're gross. But they only threw him the ball twice last game. Really? Yeah, they don't, they don't throw him the ball enough. He had two catches last game. For how many yards? I don't know how many yards. Let me look right now. My bold prediction is Elijah will have a touchdown in this game. All right. He had two catches for 16 yards. Who's the number one? John Humphreys or Michael Wilson. John Humphreys and Michael Wilson, they both like basically have the same stats. Yeah. Give me, give me our boy EJ. Putting up a tutty. Elijah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think USC minus eight and, and Stanford o- and and the and the overs are gonna hit. Oh no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think USC with Lincoln Riley, like they're gonna consistently put up points. Um I dude, that's surprising. You're a top ten team in the country and you're only an eight point favorite over. It's a big Stanford. rivalry game, though. It's a very big rivalry game. Uh, but who gives a shit? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm just saying it's a big rivalry game. Yeah. Uh, this rivalry is about as legit as Rice versus Houston, let me tell you. Because um, Stanford doesn't have Christian McCaffrey. Or what? what who was the quarterback when McCaffrey was there? We used to play NCAA all the time, and he just like could truck anyone. It wouldn't even matter. Hogan. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. That shit used to piss me off. But 
Anyway, moving forward from that, we have Arizona State going up against the number 11-ranked Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's minus 12.5. Over-under set at 57. Um, you know, I think Arizona State uh, – Yo, 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 yo. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Nate Diaz is negotiating to fight Tony Ferguson. And then uh, D-Rod versus Jingla Jing is in the works for the co-main event. D-Rod is already accepted. Bro, let's go. Let's go. Um, Yeah, we'll wrap this up real fast. Let's get to our next two games. Um, I honestly think Oklahoma State um, – I don't even want to talk about football for us this week. We can uh we'll I'm get taking I'm taking I'm taking Oklahoma State minus 12 and a half. Arizona State's dog water. Oklahoma State showed they can run the scoreboard up. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. I'm not touching the over under because I don't know enough about Arizona State, but I do know Emory Jones is their quarterback, and I can see him not doing shit. And okay. I don't think uh I don't think Herm Edwards is really gonna keep his job at the end of this year anyway. Um give me Oklahoma State minus 12 and a half. Um, moving forward, we have number nine ranked Baylor versus number 21 BYU. Uh, BYU is actually favorites in this game at minus 30 points. BYU has one of the toughest schedules in the country we were looking at outside of conference. Um, I know that yeah, BYU schedule is tough. Yeah, tough. Um, they oh, and I just, got, I just got another notification about this game. BYU's top two receivers will miss the game against Baylor. Yep, so we're going to take number nine Baylor with that plus three. And, that's that's uh, your locket, by the way, by the way, by the way. Before lock we, of the week, our lock of the week, one million percent is the is Baylor three point oh minus uh, plus three. Like yeah. what? And, yeah, and even if the lines change, this is still the lock of the week. No, I'm Baylor's sorry. gonna um, yeah, Baylor's gonna beat BYU. We were yeah, gonna um, we were gonna tap into the rankings. We'll wait that for another week. We got to tap into this MMA talk. Yes, I one hundred percent agree. Um, so. We got an interesting fight card this weekend. We had a lot of shit go down. UFC 279, which will take place Saturday, September 10th. Main card will take place at 10 p.m. We won't really go into a lot of the prelims or the undercard um, because it's not that big of a card. So let's just jump right into the main card. We have um, starting things off on the main card. Wait, we, we can't have... dive into the card yet because we don't know what the card is. Very true. So let's get into some headlines uh, yeah. anyway. First off, the press conference yesterday, or I guess two days ago, once this will be released, um, had to be canceled. Um, up to my knowledge, this is the only press conference I've ever seen canceled. And the reason for that was there was an altercation that went on backstage. And from what we know through social media, it was because, one, we had Nate Diaz's squad of like 50 to 70 people throwing water bottles um, at presumably Kamzat's squad, wouldn't doubt it. And then you have Kevin Holland getting into it with Kamzat as well, calling him a fake gangster, saying he's only doing it in front of the media. He ain't about that life. And to be honest, I'm always going to believe uh, Kevin Holland because that man is a true shit gangster. Like, that man backs up everything he says. He's a real-life superhero, if you want to be honest. Um, I'm pretty sure he had that altercation Grayson, I know you read into it where you like had to disarm someone with a gun, something along those lines, save someone's Dude, life. Dude, I'm he sorry, I'm trying to find all this stuff. It's all good. We'll keep we'll keep looking into that and get updates as they come. All right, um, all right. So this is this is all right. So so going on, Johnny. Let's start off. Johnny Walker versus uh, Ion Kudalaba. Johnny Walker's number thirteen. Kudalaba unranked. Johnny Walker coming in at a plus one sixty five. That's crazy. Kudalaba coming in at a minus one ninety five. Um. 
both of these guys at one point were like being like kind of like talked about taking over the division. Like they both had like a good hill. The UFC wanted Johnny Walker to be good so 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 bad. They they wanted him to to be so good, and he just never got it done. He got knocked out by Jamal Hill. He got knocked out by um by Corey Anderson. He just both of these guys. And I was talking to Dan Martinez, my head jiu-jitsu coach, last night about this fight. They both. This is like the the loser. Of this fight's probably gonna get cut. Um, but th- someone's gonna get knocked out, and that's what's electric about it. That's what's awesome about this fight is one of these guys will knock each other out. They're both just they both just throw nukes, you know. And they they're they're headhunters. They go for the knockout. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm kind of surprised to see Johnny Walker, even as a ranked fighter, be a plus one sixty five underdog. Um, kind of looking at the fight. As it's kind of, they're both coming off losses. Um, Walker's eighteen and seven. You have um, Kudalaba, who's sixteen and seven with one no contest. Um, I, I dude, I just think Johnny Walker's obviously he's a bigger fighter, got a longer reach, um, just better set up for this fight, especially as a Brazilian. I really have a lot of faith in those Brazilians with their Muay types and their BJJ. Um, I just think he'll take this fight over Kudalaba. Um, and it's a good upset pick, honestly, because I don't really see him as an underdog going into this fight. The All next right, so, fight, so let's just talk about what we want to happen and what everyone else is saying is going to happen and what we really hope happens. So the rumors going on right now is that so the original fights were Kevin Holland versus Daniel Rodriguez at a catch weight at one eighty. Okay, um, uh, Lee Jing Jingliang versus Tony Ferguson at a welterweight bout, and then Kamza Chamaya versus Nate Diaz. At a welterweight bout. Kamzat Chamayev missed weight by seven and a half pounds. Technically eight and a half, but you get the plus one because it's not a title fight. So what I'm reading currently right now, what's in the works is Kamzat to fight Kevin Holland, Daniel Rodriguez to fight Lee Jing, Jing Laing, and Tony Ferguson to fight Nate Diaz. A complete fucking ma- mix match of fights. It's never been like this in the history of the sport. This is Zach said the press conference getting canceled. Like you don't even need to follow MMA to understand how insane this is. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of looking. Where was this verified by? None of it's been verified. It's all in the works. It's all in the works. But Daniel Rodriguez has verbally agreed to fight G Leon Leon. Okay, so if it's all in the works, so hopefully I I would love for all this to happen because kept I'll explain kind of like I already kind of got into it a little bit about what happened backstage. Um, you had Kevin Holland shit talking Chamayev. And honestly, I think it's because Holland kind of knew that Chamayev was going to miss weight anyway because he already nah, did. No way. No way he knew. No way he knew. No way he knew. It started off earlier in the week. Kevin Holland said that Chamayev's fake. He said hey, when he's in front yeah. of cameras, he talks and talks, but he's a really nice, like wholesome dude. But he just called him out. Then yeah. at the press conference, they're all behind the stage. They start chirping, and Kevin Holland, when he talks shit, he doesn't, like, say, like, fuck you and stuff. He's, like, nice. He was, like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a real haircut. Like, let me trim your beard up. You don't know – you don't know – it looks like you've never gotten your beard trimmed up. Yeah. And then they just started getting into it, and then somehow Nate Diaz's boys started getting into it. Just and, throwing water bottles and yeah, shit. Yeah, and then last night – last night uh, at the uh, at a hotel or at a mall or at, somewhere, Darren Till was eating with a bunch of his boys – and Kevin Holland walked into the same restaurant with a bunch of his boys, and then Darren Till's boys got up from the table and met them outside, and they had a, a 20-minute altercation out there too. Yeah, obviously no hands were thrown. Um, I think Darren Till just likes to, you know, keep shit started. Um, I think Till's fucking hilarious. Um, 
but yeah, obviously he's just trying to stand up for his boy. You you get how it goes. Um, one of those situations. Honestly, respect for them for not throwing hands. You know, before a fight, you don't really want to cause any of those issues to prevent a fight card from taking place. That just takes away from the fans. Dude, I just don't Honestly. get it. it's it's right now our time while we're doing this. Like while we're doing this podcast right now, it's it's about almost four o'clock. It's three forty five. I don't understand how they still haven't released any updates. Like that's late. That's that's late in the day. It's almost it's almost nighttime. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, Dana may be brewing something in Uncle Dana's pot of witchcraft. You think um, Dana loves stirring the pot, man. You think he's losing his fucking mind right now? I mean, hell no. If he's able to pull this shit out of the bag, this would be the, this would be one of the biggest Dana fucking recoveries I've ever seen yeah. in my it life. It would it would probably blow up the pay per view numbers too. But it 100. fucks, dude. It fucks their media team so bad. You already know they have all the pre shit for the fight made out already. It's already. Oh, oh it's gonna be one to of the go in right now and just start. You know what I'll say though, because it's gonna be so. Sloppy, everyone's fight camps just got fucked. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be so sloppy from a media side of things that it's gonna be so nostalgic because I feel like it's gonna be like the old UFC days where it's literally just rolling out tails of the tape. You have guys just talking shit in the commentary booth they're gonna be like yeah you know this guy just likes to bang he throws a flurry of punches like like literally they're not gonna talk about how they trained in camp at all because it's not it's, it's not matter. Matter. It's irrelevant it's now you're fighting matter. a completely different person yeah um personally the way we describe things how we think it's gonna be set up i love it yeah let's let's, how- let's do this let's do this let's address the card as what we think it's gonna be and then we'll just address if it goes the way it's supposed to go yeah. So the way it's, it's, it could happen right now is the opening fight would be Daniel Rodriguez versus Lee Jingling. J- I don't know. I thought it would Jing still Lion. be Johnny. Wait, it still wouldn't be Johnny Walker. and No, no. I mean, of those three fights. Of those three fights. Oh, of the, of oh yeah. The, so we're going. The final three fights. The order. Okay, yeah. So it would be it would be the, the Kudalaba uh, Walker fight, the ladies yeah, fight, the fight. And then, yeah, the, yeah. then the opening fight after that, the feature fight, you would call it, it would be Daniel Rodriguez fighting Lee Jingling. Jing Okay, so Daniel Rodriguez, I believe, is naturally a middleweight. I believe. Mm. I believe. I believe. I mean, it was a catchweight. They were both weighing in at 185. Anyway, yeah, no, so. they both weighed in at 180 in between well, 70 Oh, they wanted Yeah. Okay, okay. So the way I see this fight is Daniel Rodriguez was not supposed to fight Kevin Holland. I believe somebody else was supposed to fight Kevin Holland. I can't remember. Wasn't it, wasn't it Jared Cannonier? Yeah. No, no, no. no. That, that was, that's Sean Strickland. That's middleweight. Okay. Okay. Um, but so is Colin Holland. I don't understand. I don't know really to be completely honest with you. But Kevin Holland was supposed to fight someone else. Daniel Rodriguez took it on two weeks' notice. He just like yeah. fuck yeah, I'll take it. He's a savage. If you don't know anything about him, watch his previous fights, look him up. He's like he's like a Nate Diaz, like Hispanic gangster savage. Like he's a fucking he's a savage. I'm saying when me Kevin yeah, he's better spoken than Nate Diaz though. But he's a savage. And so I think if he fights Lee. I think he runs through him. I think the only issue is he has to finish him soon, or Lee's going to gas him out because he's been in a, he's at a full camp. Yeah, yeah. Jing Liang's also a warrior. Yeah, no, he he's a savage too. But I, dude, I I fuck with Daniel Rodriguez, dude. I really fuck with Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say this: I have no idea what to tell you to bet on. I'm just going to tell you who I like going into the fights. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, bet bets are out of this. Not, yeah. I, I'm not touching bets right now. Yeah, not at all. We don't know um, what's going to fucking happen. Yeah, but hopefully it goes this way because if not, what's supposed to happen is it's supposed to be Daniel Rodriguez versus Kevin Holland at the catch weight. 
Um, well, if, if it stays as is, Kevin Holland would be a minus 200 favorite over Daniel Rodriguez. And I'm taking the American gangster. Um, you know, Kevin Holland and Bobby Green are kind of like those two guys I just see as like real ass motherfuckers. Yeah. And they they not only talk their shit, they back it up. And they're super respectful people outside of the ring. You know, they're they're great showmen and they show um, they have great content of character. Um, outside no, the ring. And like you they're, said, they're, they're real as models. fuck. Like you hear both of them talking about like they don't care about race. They don't care about your how much money you make. They're real ass dudes. And the, the thing is about both of them too is they're both extremely active fighters. Bobby Green yes. and Kevin Holland fight all the time. Like non, they're yes. always fighting. Um, yes. I, I would also take Kevin Holland over Daniel Rodriguez primarily for the fact that he had a full camp. Um, but I do think Rodriguez has knockout power, but so does Holland, dude. Yeah. So if then our dream matchup Komain would be would be Kevin Kamzat. Holland versus Kamzat Chmaev. Now, unfortunately, no. You unfortunately, can say Kamzat yeah. would run through Kevin Holland. Yeah, I think it'd yeah. be fun, and I don't think Kamzat would finish him. I think Kevin Holland would would give him the work on the ground, like he would he would stand with them and bang. But Kamzat is his rep. You see. Kevin Holland, when he loses his, his fights, he loses the wrestlers. He just gets yeah. wrestle fucked. And that's the issue. You saw it with Vittori and you saw it with um Derek Brunson. He just can't wrestle. He doesn't even yeah. like try. He just like I don't know. I just think Combs I would run through him, but I think it'd be so entertaining because they would talk shit while they're fighting each other. The entire yeah, time. yeah. Yeah. And if Combs out took him down, Kevin would be like, Oh, you're a bitch for taking me down. Like you ain't real, you won't stand and fight with me, but like then again, it is MMA. Like wrestling is a part of the sport. You I think if really this goes down, sport. this is one of the most historic sporting events of all time. Yeah, just for the curveball change, it would blow up their pay per views. Everyone's going to tune in, and the fighters. It's it's like old school UFC. You're just throwing a guy. You're just yeah, giving a guy. Yeah. yeah, you used to turn in. You used to tune into UFC fights on Spike TV. And be like, who's fighting? I don't fucking know. So I'm just like, trying to watch some dudes knock each other out. Exactly. Like that's exactly what it's going to be. Um, the next fight we hope to see would be, or what would happen, excuse me. This is the fight where it was supposed to be, uh, Jung Long versus, uh, Tony Ferguson. Ferguson is at two plus two fifty five. Uh, Jung Long is at a minus three Oh five. Um, I'm going to be honest. Tony's coming off a four loss, a four fight losing streak, but, the people he's lost to are either wrestlers or All murderers. Gaethje, yeah. Gaethje, Oliveira, Benio, Benio Darush, and Michael Chandler. Yeah. All so that. I'm going to be honest. It would be I would not be surprised if Tony pulls off that upset. I think the size is going to hurt him because because Leong, whatever his name is, he's not a small yeah. welterweight at all. Lee Young Lung. So yeah. um, ah, it's really. Ah. Oh, it's really hard to pick. I don't know. I don't know how to bet Tony fights, and that's just because I don't even know how to like think of the man Tony. I'm gonna. Ferguson. I'm gonna. Like, I'm is, cheering for Tony. Dude. I think Tony. I think Tony can get it done, and he's gonna. He's gonna take the gloves off and leave him knocked out. I think it's just sucks. There's a lot of really good guys retired this year, and it really, really sucks. Roy McDonald, Cowboy. Well, then I. I Toronto. pray to God. I pray to God if he's gonna do that, it better come against Nate Diaz in the last yeah. fight. Because I know that the these two guys, you're talking about two guys with amazing grappling that just don't use it. They only want to stand in the middle and fucking just punch each other in the face. And if there was a bet to make this night, 
if I ever was going to make a bet, it's that that fight's going the distance. If Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson fight, it is 100% going the distance. Right. I don't Check care. Twitter. I want to see if something pops up. Yeah. yeah I'm just so, letting you so know. Ideally, ideally, the way it's looking is – the way it's looking is uh, – the way we want it, it'd be – it'd be Kamzov versus Kevin Holland in the co-main, and then Tony versus Nate in the, uh, in the main event. And this is a fight that – a lot of people been wanted, you know, and they both said they got offered. Tony agreed that it got offered. He said, he, like, I wasn't running. It was just like, you know, poor timing for the fights. Um, but they're both down to scrap for sure. They're both yep. down to scrap. Um, oh, dude, nothing's up yet. It's all right. What? Even if we get the pod updated, we'll make sure to keep everything up to date on social media. So. For those that watch this, um, you'll probably know ahead of time before this pod's even released because I'm sure that information. It's gotta happen like very soon. Anyways, if that fight happened, Tony versus Nate. First of all, I think it's a way better fight than Tony, than uh, Nate and Comzot. I think it's gonna be electric. So much fun to watch. They they both got huge followings too. Comzot's getting there, but I don't think he's on Tony and 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 Nate level. Um, and they like you said, Zach, they would probably make it a three round fight because they they made Tony prepare for three rounds, they would stand in the middle and just slug it the fuck out for three rounds. I, gar- I, I guarantee you Tony would accept five rounds. I don't and know. Dana's- up a weight class? Dude. Dana Dana would offer it. He'd be like, Tony, do you want to do five rounds since it's a main event? And Because Dana's not going to want to make a main event three rounds. He's just he not will, though, to, to save that. the card. He 100% he, will. He will, he will, but he is definitely going to keep the proposal on the table to Tony. Because Tony's a crazy motherfucker. Tony gives no fucks. Like, Tony, if you told Tony it was an unlimited hour fight and that you were just going to fight until a man died, Tony would be like, yes. And that That's just who El Kukui is. But um, I hope it goes five rounds because I just want to see, like, the octagon bloodshed covered. Like, I want to see the most blood poured onto a mat I've ever seen in my life. And that's exactly what we get out of this fight. Kevin like, Holland just put on his Instagram story five minutes ago. He tagged the UFC and he tagged Kamzat. He said, accept it or or not. I'll take a new poster. Facts. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about the card itself. We do have some other headlines I'd like to get into, though. Nah, wait. Um, the other headlines real quick, dude. I want Nate versus Tony, and it seems like the whole fucking world wants Nate versus Tony. They want this fight to uh to get made. And dude, I think like like I think it would just be so much fun to watch. They're gonna stand in the middle and slug it out. They're both gonna bleed, they're both gonna go crazy, and they're gonna show each other mad respect, and then they'll both retire. I think it's I think it'd be ideal. I just think it's it's literally insane to think about this, bro. Comms on this weight by eight and a half pounds. And the thing that frustrates me too is is like we were talking about before the pod started. He didn't seem to care that he missed weight. He made jokes on Twitter. He's smiling at the wans. He's yeah. flicking off. Bro, this is a lose-lose situation for you, okay? You missed weight, so you're losing your purse. Even if they give you the Holland fight, they're going to give a percentage of your purse away, all right? And then the other thing is you're probably just set yourself back another fight for the title. You can't miss weight like that, bro. You can't talk shit about Nate Diaz this whole fucking time being a bum and shit and then, and then fucking miss weight. That's a get. The one guarantee you can get in a fight is making weight. You can't guarantee win. You can't guarantee shit. You can guarantee making yeah. weight. One of the one of the things I liked was Kevin Holland tweeted before as he was like, "Real gangsters make weight," because um, it's like it's like one of the things like you just have to do. Like you're expected to do it every time you come into a fight camp. Like it, 
you literally have so much time to prepare to make a certain amount of weight. Like the only circumstance where I can understand it, because honestly, going into this fight card, there were three guys that ended up missing weight. You have Kamzat Shemaya that missed by seven and a half pounds. You had uh, Hakeem Dewudo, who was on the undercard, who was fighting at 145, who ended up weighing in at 149 and a half. And then you also had Chris Barnett, who I had never seen um, miss weight at heavyweight before. But once you learn about Chris Barnett's scenario, um, and this is where uh, I'm going to go on my little rant. Uh, the MMA community has to do a better job of knowing its fighters and knowing when to talk shit about guys. I went on Twitter and saw that he missed weight, and I was a little upset that all these guys were missing weight. Especially and they went on. Yeah, a heavyweight. And they were talking all this shit about Chris Barnett. Chris Barnett's fiance passed away six months ago. And if you learn about that or you learned about him, Chris Barnett fights out of Tampa, Florida. Or he fights out of fights Georgia. Out of Georgia. He's, a, he's a Florida. Yeah, he's a Tampa native. Um, you have no idea what a man is going through. Like he had to, after he lost his last fight, he literally got a phone call having to take his fiance off life support. That is one of the hardest things I could ever imagine having a man go through. Um, it sure as fuck wasn't easy. And the fact that he had to pick up a fight, um, this soon after that, um, shows that he needs to keep fighting, that he needs to keep fighting in order, um, to support himself and his family. Um, it's incredibly difficult for him to even go through that. So the fact that he missed weight, um, is incredibly sad. Um, but there are some circumstances where missing weight, um, I'll, I'll cut some guys some slack. Whatever the situation was for Hakeem Duro, I don't know until we get more informed about it. Um, then we can make our judgment. So I'll kind of reserve. The only person I'll kind of shit off shit on off the bat though is 100% comms out, like you said. I mean, this guy, complete joke, smirking on the stage, flicking off the fans. Um, it's first of all, it's completely disrespectful in two aspects. Number one, you're disrespecting the fans um, who are paying money to come see you fight in a main event against Nate Diaz. Um, you're supposed to be a title contender up and coming. You're the number three ranked fighter. You're a minus 1,000, 1,150, uh, going into the fight. It's a fight you should win. This should be an easy purse for you. And instead you completely blew it off because you didn't want to fight the guy. Like that is so not what being a fighter is about. Like you are doing the entire sport a complete disservice. And then this is extremely disrespectful for Nate Diaz. Because this man put in the like as much work as possible for this camp. I know he said in an interview, like, I stopped training, fuck it, beat me. But I, I truthfully don't see that as the truth. He started to train to lose weight. He had to cut down. Um, so I've lost a ton of respect for Kamza. Um, I I really don't even care if he gets a title shot anymore. Like fuck him. Like you showed the service you showed the UFC and the sport as its entirety a complete disservice. Um, so I you better wait in line again, buddy. Like Go fuck yourself. Yo, and also I'm reading this tweet from Cole Shelton, who's a he's verified on Twitter at least, but he's a sports uh, writer for BJPen.com. Also, he's, he's verified. He said, yeah. "This is two hours ago. I talked to someone in Nate Diaz's camp who said Kamzat's fight's not going to happen. They believe Chamayev didn't even try to make the weight and is basically cheating. The consensus around Diaz's team is he's either going to fight Tony or not fight at all. It better be Tony. Yeah, but it's it better Tony. be Tony. You think Tony wants that fight? Yep. Yep. You know how much this does for Tony as well? That's huge. You Dude, gain I just so much respect. I just think it's insane that it's four o'clock. It's four o'clock, and we have no idea what's happening right now. God, I love the MMA. Dude, this, Shit happens. This card is cursed, bro. But it could it, it either it's either gonna get canceled or it's gonna turn into the most beautiful blessing of all time. Yeah. No, there's no way they can. 
You want to know what's not? What do you think? What do you think's worst case scenario? Worst case scenario, they, they just pull off the Diaz, Shemaev, and make Tony Leah Jing the main event. Yeah, and if you do that, I'm not even gonna watch the card. Yeah, you have to take off the pay per view. You have to make it fight night. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not watching that shit, bro. Like, I, 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 I could find something better to do, dude. I'm gonna be. If it's ten o'clock at night, I'll watch a Pac-12 game on Saturday. Like, all right, all right. Let's let's do hypothetical. Let's do hypothetical. If you're Dana, what what are you gonna do here? You 100% tell, dude. Okay, the, honestly, this is the problem. Is like we saw the fights that he wants to set up. The way is, how does he pitch it? So if I'm Dana, how am I gonna? That's pitch what I, it yes, to these you want to hear what I would do? How would you pitch it? Okay, so th- you have your three fights. Okay, so the opening fight you want is Daniel Rodriguez versus Lee J- Jilling. This fight does fucking nothing for either one of these dudes at all. It does nothing yeah. for either one of them. They didn't. They prepared for completely different kinds of fighters. All right, they they will never meet each other in in the pool. It does nothing for them. What I do is I give them a guaranteed twenty five k each. Yes, twenty five k each. You get you get a finish. I'll give you a finish bonus regardless if it's finish of the night. So there's yeah. there's a there's twenty five max uh, um potential 70, 75. Okay, tell them both that. On top of that, regardless of the fight, you get signed. Like we won't we won't fuck you for the future for another fight. You know. Yeah. For the I would say that I would say this fight doesn't count against. I would say this fight doesn't count against your contract. I would say you get the money regard like you're getting money regardless, and this fight doesn't. Count we'll give you win. Contract. Yeah, no, no. I, I would guarantee win money to both of them. Yes, I yes. guess you. No yes. matter what, you both get your win money. Yes, you both get your win money. They're gonna say yes. They want the money. Then you yeah. do Holland versus Comzot. Holland's he's fucking ready to go. You don't have to say anything yeah. to him. Comzot, you tell him you're fighting Holland. Okay. You're gonna fight Holland at a catchweight, so you're not gonna have a ranking for it. And on top of that, you're gonna lose. You're, you're gonna your whatever percentage of your purse. I know it's certain pounds or certain percentage is going straight to Diaz. Still, it's still going to Diaz because you ruined yep. the main event for him. You ruined the pay per view. And then maybe give a little bit to Holland, but I'm giving the majority to Diaz. Main event, I'm I'm giving Tony his money. You don't even, you don't have to touch that. They'll take it. The main event yeah. set. You, I think it's the other two fights you need to worry about. So here's what I would pitch to. I, I really don't think Daniel Rodriguez is going to go against uh, taking the fight. And the main reason I say that um, is because he's going to be fighting a top 15 ranked fighter. It's only going to help him if he ends up yeah. winning. If he loses, it's no one's really going to count it against either him. Either way, it's on two weeks notice. He has, yeah. like, that's not an yeah. excuse, but like he didn't get a camp. Yeah. For Lee, for Lee, what I would guarantee him, if I couldn't promise him any money, what I would guarantee him though, say, if you take this fight, I will give you a top 10 ranked fight. Your next if fight. You win, if you win, if you win, just, your next fight will be a top 10 ranked fight if you win. That'll give him some incentive to actually go into the fight, try to put on a fucking show. Daniel Rodriguez is already going to win. I'm not saying neither of the guys don't want to win anyway, but like incentivize it. Like make these guys fight that much more passionately. Dude, I bet I bet the UFC war room right now is going nuts. 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 What I, okay, here's what it's, I tell the It's four o'clock and there's nothing. There's no updates. Yeah. Here's what I say to Comzot though. Um, Kevin wants to take it anyway. I I know he wants to just yeah, he put it on his Instagram story. Yeah, he already wants to lay some bunches. I told Comzot if you don't accept this fight, I drop you out of the top ten. Sorry, like go fuck yourself. And or or I will not tell him I will not put you on another card for for like four or five months. Like just legit threaten that man, blackmail him. I don't give a fuck. This man tried to fuck you, like literally tried to fuck you. On your own card. Dude. And you are Dana White. This dude tweeted Chuck Liddell, Forrest Griffin, and Brock Lesnar walking into the cage tomorrow to save the UFC card. 
It's old school UFC time. Bro, honestly, don't even get USADA to drug test any of these guys. Just let him let Nate Diaz smoke a blunt as he's walking into the octagon. Let Tony Ferguson just be on as much as much drugs as he I just can find. No, I want to know. I want to know. I don't want to know. I, I just want I, I want to turn on my TV and Dana doesn't even announce the cards. It's just gonna be like we don't even know what the card's gonna be. You're just gonna have to see what fighters we roll out. And then it'll be like no, they have to the make hell? an announcement before tomorrow because they will lose pay-per-view buys if they don't have something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much what I got for it. Two more things I'd like to point out. One thing still within the UFC, Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier was announced for MSG. I believe that would be UFC 283. In November. Yep, yeah, in November. Um, I believe that'll be a main event. If no, not, it's not it a main event. Be. It's a three-round. They agreed to a three-round fight. Really? Uh, it'll be a co-main. Damn. Um, yeah, um, honestly, mad fucking respect to Michael Chandler. Ever since this dude got into the UFC, this man has only fought the scariest men on the planet. Yeah, he hasn't fought nobody bad. And he doesn't give a shit. He will fight anyone in the world. Mad respect to him. He's a great person. Um, dude, you can say the exact same thing about Dustin. Oh, exactly. But the thing is, Dustin's been in the sport, so I didn't have to say that about Dustin. Oh, they're fighting as the co-main on the on the Adesanya Pereira card. Yeah, UFC two eighty one. Okay, yeah, that card's gonna be a banger. Um, wow, dude, you honestly it's not even the co-main. It's not even the co-main, dude. This card is amazing. Bro, you have Brad Riddell versus Hanato Mociano and Dan Hooker versus Claudio Puelas in the in the prelims. You open up the pay-per-view with Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann. Then you got okay. Molly the Meatball McCann's fighting Aaron Blanchfield. Then your feature fight is Poirier versus Chandler. Co-main is a Spars versus Wei Lee. Main event is Izzy versus Pereira. That is a Ooh. freaking card. Ooh. I tune into any I, – I know we don't talk a lot about uh, our women MMA fighters as much as I'd like to, but – um. Any fight Wei Lee is in, I am 100% tuning in. That that bitch is badass. Agreed. Um, I love it. Um, I like the comment that um, – I forget who made the comment. I'll probably go back and find it. But someone's – oh, it was Robert Whitaker. He said Alex Pereira versus um, Israel Adesanya is just going to be a kickboxing match with um, four, four ounce gloves. That, that's literally what we're going to be watching. And honestly, if it goes that route, Pereira is winning. Yeah, and I think Rob wants Pereira to win so bad. <laughs> Oh yeah, because Rob, trust me, Rob. Rob is a there. horrible matchup for Pereira. Terrifying. Yeah, Terrifying. horrible matchup for Pereira. Yeah, I love I love that for Bobby Knuckles. Let yeah, me tell me you, I do. And by Rob, the way, if Rob got a UFC title again, I would be so happy. Yeah. And by the way, let me say this: Bobby Knuckles put on a absolute masterclass against Marvin Vittori. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know uh, who got the chance to go and watch that fight because I know um, with football that was going on. Um, during the weekends. By the way, it's going to be really hard for Dana. He better put together some really good cards if he wants to compete with college football. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, Bobby Knuckles went out there first round, you know, kind of got tagged a little bit. But once he found his range against Marvin, stuffed his three takedown the fence. He didn't get touched. He did not get touched. Round. He, he could fight. He could have literally fought on this card if he wanted to. Yeah. If the UFC would have allowed him to, he could have totally fought Dude, on this card. You go watch the videos of him understanding the distance. He doesn't even flinch. Yeah. Victoria will throw a jab, and Rob knows he's out of distance. He just stays there, like grazes his nose like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and what's even what? I'm so glad he Marvin got the his ass beat the way he did. 
because he tried to do that little psychological warfare where he just didn't shake his hand. To the nicest guy in the UFC. Dude, there's a lot of ways to win in the middle warfare side of things, but not shaking a guy's hand. Like, go fuck yourself. Dude, dude. it's different if it's like Colby, but this is – Robbie's so wholesome. He's so nice. Yeah. And and Rob, my favorite, is like after the fight, he's standing in the middle, and he just goes – he goes, uh, I, I know I don't have a lot of finishes in my career, but I promise I hit really fucking hard. Yeah. Like I, he goes, I hit the shit out of people. And he's like, I promise Marvin can attest to that. But he's like, sorry, I couldn't knock anyone out tonight. Like, it is what it is. But, um, and then there was a, oh, Ty Tuivasa and Cyril gone yeah. on that card. Holy shit. You want to talk about a bang fest? Um, Cyril gone, by the way, if Francis Naganu wasn't the champ, Cyril Gon. Good. He's good, dude. He, He's good. He, bro, Anderson's body tied to Ivasa. I've talked so much shit about him. I just said he only has one punch knockout power. He showed high level striking in that fight. And he, he dead ass knocked out Gon, but Gon hit the canvas so hard he woke back up. So mad respect to Ty. Ty also, even, at, even in losing, my favorite thing that I love seeing out of fighters is even in losing, they show the utmost respect for their opponents. You know, they don't, get salty or act like a sore loser or say they got robbed or that they the other fighter cheated, whatever. Ty made no excuses, got up, shook Gon's hand, congratulated him, went on social media directly afterwards. It was already cracking jokes, you know, drinking shoeys. Um, just being a good sport about it. And also I want to give out a shout out because uh we never really got to shout out Usman after his loss to Leon because mm, I've never I, I don't know if I want to that can be a you shout out. I don't know if that's a we shout out. All right, I'll, I think I I'll think listen. I'm com- kind of against it personally, dude. He told he straight up went out on social media and he was like, "Hey, Leon, trained that kick. He prepared." Oh There's yeah, no so look, so look, so look. Usman, right after, I respect a million percent, but now yeah. he's 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 pushing it too much. Like the other day, he said, "I'm I'm thankful I got knocked out. I'm happy I got knocked out because that made me more hungry and blah blah blah." And Leon's like, "Dude, you're not happy. You're not happy. You lost. Don't don't." Yeah. There's a difference of being like accepting of it and then being like, we're going to work harder and get it. Don't be like, I'm thankful that's what happened. Like, that's what I want. No, that's not true at all. He's he's reaching now. He's doing too much. Yeah. I mean, I understand it. Like, whatever. If you want to convince yourself mentally that you want to be thankful for it, like you want to keep yourself in the right headspace. Because I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of people that went on social media and were like, I don't see who's been recovering from this. Because like a lot of times champions get knocked out like that and they just never mentally recover. So, I mean, whatever you have to do, um, for yourself to keep yourself mentally in the game or to like come back hungry or whatever you may be judged for it. You can be hated on. That's fine. Uh, but like you said, one of the main reasons I was just respectful for wanted to give a shout out is he gave credit to Leon where it was due. He like, he could have came out and be like, Oh, I was whooping his ass for five rounds and he got lucky, but he was like, no, he trained that kick. He's like a fights five rounds for a reason. That's why they call him the championship rounds. And he's like, Leon deserved to be champion. And he even, he even sat back and went on Joe Rogan and laughed about the memes he was seeing about himself, which a lot of people I don't think could have the balls to even say they would. Um, but, yeah, Leon, I hope you stay champion as long as possible, buddy. You deserve that so much, man. You're, you're a fucking awesome human being. Um, we'll try to keep you up to date with all the UFC news that will be arriving in hopefully the next hour or two. I know we're trying to prolong this pod a little bit just to see if anything pops up. But um, honestly, that's it for me. I ain't got much more to say. We All have I got to say is football. picks of the week, Alabama minus 20, Arkansas minus 8.5, App State plus 20, over 54, 
Pitt plus six, Houston plus four over 62 and a half, Iowa money line under 40, Kentucky plus six and a half, USC minus eight over 67 and a half, Oklahoma State minus 12 and a half, Baylor plus three. And then for the fights, if they go the way they're supposed to go, we're rocking with Johnny Walker over Ion Kudalaba, Kevin Holland over Daniel Rodriguez, Tony Ferguson over Lee Gialang, and Kamza Chamayab over Nate Diaz. If they go the way everyone in America and in the entire world wants to go, we're taking Daniel Rodriguez over Lee Gialang. We're taking Kamza Chamayab over Kevin Holland, and we're taking Nate Diaz. We're taking Nate Diaz over Tony Ferguson. Time in fact, baby, just get you shit. But yeah, we're gonna try to keep you updated if anything happens. Check out the social media's clocks on the stove podcast. Hell yeah, baby.